welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. So here we are. Yeah. We're, this weekend, we're celebrating 20 years of Elevate Life Church. We're also celebrating 60 years of, of your life. Yeah. And uh, for those of for those of us that don't know, you're Pastor Keith. Yeah, you're my I dad. Am. I am. And you started you started Elevate Life Church uh, 20 years ago uh, on a, a weekend just like this. And uh, we wanted to get together with you and just talk about your past, your present, and your future, yeah. and and our future as well as a church. So we're we're celebrating 20 years as as well. We started as Celebration Covenant. Now we're Elevate Life and. So we're celebrating 20 years though as a, as a church. What do you think about that? What do you think about being 20 years old and where we're at, where we're at today, where we were 20 years ago? So 20 years later, how do I feel? Um, so I'll just try to give some words. Um, I, I still believe, I still believe that what I believe can happen is going to happen. I'm grateful for there's, there's a group of people that have been with us all the way through, and I, I can't even tell you what those people mean to me, that they want to be here, that they've, they've ridden this, this great experiment out with us. We've been here for almost 19 years, and just to see how great the people are here, this is a huge family. You know, that, that's what's made it so special for us, just the whole time that we've been here. It's always just felt like we're, we're at home. It's a small church, but in a big church. It's, it's how we do family. And I know, I know everybody in this room right now, whatever it takes, we do it for each other. And I think that's really what it's about. So when we moved here, we moved from California, and we had nobody here in the Dallas area. So when we uh, found Elevate Life, and uh, we began building relationships here. It really changed our, our lives. It transformed our family as a whole. Transformation is the end goal that we, you know, morph into the people and to the tribe that God wants us to be. You know, because I'm very grateful for what the Lord has done. It's, it truly is what the Lord has done. I feel like if I died uh, on Father's Day this last year, if, if that had been my time, I, I do feel like that my mission on earth would have been accomplished. To discover that transformation happens first on the inside, and when you change on the inside, you gain the power to change things on the outside. It saved our marriage, and we have our family of choice, and we moved from California. We've been here 11 and a half years, and we would not have the marriage that we have today if it wasn't for this church. As our family has grown, the church has grown, and it's ours. It is our place, and yeah. uh, it really has given us a, uh, I would say a blueprint uh, and a great model. Every part of your family has a place here. It's been the best place for me to raise my kids, to meet, you know, meet all of these people. I'm looking around, and they're all my friends, and they've been with me through every part of my life, and um, it's just been such a blessing because it's really defined a family of, of choice. Um, they are my family of choice, and it's the safest place. We, we now have a story that transformation has happened. I, I personally think, and this I'm probably delusional, but if, if Frisco is one of the fastest growing cities in America, and it is, if Frisco is the best 
place to live in America. I have to believe that God put us here 20 years ago to help make that happen. How did you even get to the point where you said, hey, I'm gonna start a church, and then how did we even get to, get to January 9th, 2000, yeah. where that yeah. was happening? Yeah. Well, um, again, long story short, so I'm 37, I already mentioned that, and we were aligned with Mike's Covenant Church, and Mike asked me on my 37th birthday, he said, do you think you'll ever pastor? And I said to him, well, not if that's not a part of your vision. There began to be a buzz in, in, in Frisco. So many people were saying to us, you need to come to Frisco. We need a church like this in Frisco, Texas. And so we began to get excited. Now it's September going into October of 1999. I was 39 years of age. And on October, the last weekend of October, we all met um, Pastor Mike Hayes and Sheila and I. We began to talk about our excitement, their excitement, their vision and establishing a church outside of Covenant Church, them having a baby church, them being the mama church. And uh, we named the church, we named the lines of authority, we named how the church would be organized. We felt like it was a God thing for us to do. But I wanna bring Keith and Sheila Kraft up here at the close of our meeting for one express purpose. Uh, you know how much we love them and appreciate them and we just uh, are glad that they are here today and they're here with us for two reasons. They're here because they're part of Covenant Church and they're part of our family of ministry and they, they're not guest ministry here. They're, they've really become more like associate ministry here. And then uh, I could tell you a long story to tell you how sovereign and how wonderful God is. But Keith and Sheila, though they've been in traveling ministry on the road uh, entirely for several years, uh, they have submitted to a pastoral call and they're going to start a brand new church in the Frisco McKinney area, and they're gonna start that January 9th on Sunday night. Isn't that great? Around November 2nd or 3rd, that, that's the only date I always get wrong, but around November 2nd or 3rd, we met with about 20 people, maybe 23 people, some of them still in the church today. And I said, hey, this is the dream. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna start a church. You've been invited, strategically invited to this meeting. Boy, there was tears of joy and fear and all kinds of stuff in that room, but we knew that there was no turning back at that point. The, you could feel the anointing of the Lord in the room. And I turned to Angela and I said, I believe we're home. And it was an amazing moment. And vision was cast and over the next four or five of those meetings that we had each week, we, were, we became very obvious that we're gonna have to join together to make this happen. And I said, uh, we're gonna start on January 9th. And so here's what I need. Everybody that day became, the first meeting became leaders of teams. Yeah. And I said, so we're, we need to find a place to meet. Well, our first great challenge was to find a place to meet in Frisco, Texas. We couldn't find any place. We finally found a school, Noel Smith Elementary, and we couldn't even meet there on Sunday mornings. We had to begin our services on Sunday nights. So what's your favorite, what's your favorite thing that's ever happened in the past 20 years at, at Elevate Life wow. Church? Favorite thing that's ever happened. Mm. Just off the top of your head. I can't say a favorite thing, but I'll tell you a couple of favorite things. When we got a school for Sunday morning, which was Wilma Fisher, which is one and a half blocks from us. Now, we got that, that was like, that was a favorite thing. It was like, we're gonna meet on Sunday morning. And we went to Sunday morning with two services. And that was like, that was like amazing. When we went in, 
Pastor Keith had a vision even then how to set up that school with the screens right and left, with the stage up front right there, the chairs set just like you see in the sanctuary. That's how that was set up there. That's exactly how he wanted it set up. It was absolutely amazing. Such excellence even 20 years ago with how he wanted that done. And in the beginning, of course, there were only like about seven, eight guys that we would set up this full production and then we would have to tear it down right after because they were having school on Monday morning. And so uh, we began to put together teams and that grew and grew and pretty soon we had over 150 guys that would rotate and show up at the school, uh, sometime snow on the ground, 20 degrees, mm -hmm. and we were out there never, we never missed a setup or teardown and out of that was birth, what you see today as far as teams and, and, and commitment and accountability. So many series, so yeah. many different creative things. Yeah. So talking about that, what is, what's your favorite series we've ever done? Oh my goodness, so many. The, I can't remember what we called it, but I think it was Fantastic Five. I, I love the 24 series. You know, 24 was such a big hit. And that's what we did a lot back then. You know, I would take culture and bring culture, what was happening. Or like we would remix songs to like celebrate good times. Yeah, We'd that's how we that started every, every service. service. Yeah. Like, was, that, was that cool in the game? Yeah, and then I did, I did a, uh, uh, based on the movie Casino Royale, I did a Church Royale, and I came out as James Bond. You wore a tuxedo. Tuxedo, and I had Ashton Martin on stage and Jaguars on stage. That was like some of my favorite times. I mean, I look back on those times and, uh, just, again, very highly, very highly creative. Pastor Keith made a statement that really stuck with me was, this isn't your mama's church, and I feel that the church should be the most creative place on earth. Hmm. And that really struck a chord with me because I went, why wouldn't it be? Why, why should it be dull and boring when you can use so many other things to bring the message forward? Just what kept me coming back, what kept us coming back, was um, the authenticity. That very first message we heard pastors speak on in late November of 2005 was fighting forward with the heart of the king. And he wielded his brave heart sword. And I can remember just being awestruck by his presence, but by the presentation of the word. And I can, I mean, as soon as that service was over, I called a buddy of mine and I said, hey, I'm gonna tell you about this cat that we just saw. <laughs> and I can tell you, this is where we're gonna to go to church. What does the future look like for you? What does the future look like for Elevate Life Church? What are you excited about right now? You know, what, what really, what, what's your vision for the next 20 years? I have a picture of this place being full of people that wanna grow and wanna develop themselves. Uh, I have a picture of people hungry and wanting. And Jesus said, Blessed are those who thirst after righteousness, God's way of doing things, for they will be filled. Uh, I have a vision for um, us reproducing the core of who we are in other people and this tribe. Looking ahead to 2020, I mean, just in the first 20 years, the strides, the progress that we've made, the impact that we've made. We've been all over the world. Um, Pastor Keith's message, servant leadership, out in the business world, it really impacting, um, transcending really, just even inside of a church building. Um, where is that gonna go? He's taught us to dream. He's taught us, like Ross said, our core values. He's taught us to value creativity and innovation. And so the sky's the limit. 10 couples 
can turn us into this in 20 years? What can the thousands of us that we have now do? As, as Pastor Jess was saying, that I think the term is global, right? A local church with a global impact. What, what can Elevate Life Church do now that we have thousands of us to be able to reach, you know, beyond where we're, we're just a few couldn't before? Uh, the future is so exciting for what, for what this house is going to do. It's going to be exciting to see all the kids that have grown up in this house, see how they're going to take it to the next level. The law of change says things are going to change. Things need to change, and things are going to change with or without us. We're one generation away from America being godless. One generation away. That's the bottom line. And if we don't reproduce who we are, then the world is not going to get better. It's not going to change for the better. And as long as I'm alive, I have a dream. And the dream is that this be a culture, that this be a place where transformation can happen. Elevate Life Church has transformed our lives as a family. Elevate Life has transformed our lives in so many ways. Elevate Life Church has transformed um, my life and my family through serving opportunity to serve others. I can just say that we are different people. We're not the same people we were when we walked in that school in 2001. Our lives were transformed because we were given a baseline to always be able to navigate back to or to navigate from. But when we started attending Elevate Life Church, it was just presented in a much more relevant and uh, in-depth, uh, applicable way. But by serving and serving others, it it has just given me a whole nother outlook on where God wants me, um, how God's using me. Trying to live life with honor, giving honor and being honorable. But you're where you're at so that you can share with somebody else where you can benefit, you know, blessed to be a blessing. And so for us, I think that's what's really been the most impactful is to, to just that knowledge, like, okay, I'm blessed to be a blessing. When we got to ELC, we really began to understand what our role is in the kingdom. Um, the series Kings and Priests uh, was extremely impactful for us. We understand the role that we take in the kingdom now. And through the messages that I was taught here and just knowing the Word of God, but just applying it in so many simple daily things. When you walk in here, you're at home and, and you feel God's presence. And that is what is transforming, is that Pastor Keith, is real and he believes what he's preaching and he lives it out and so does Pastor Sheila and when you see that modeled you're able to walk out of here and you are like yep and I know what it's about and I know and I know how to continue moving forward and that's what is transformational is because what you feel here and what you get here is real but but the dream is ultimately for transformation to happen because the core belief I have is if you can change on the inside, if you can transform on the inside, you will gain the power to help transform and change anything on the outside. And that's why we exist, Elevate Life Church. When you elevate your thinking, you elevate your life. I love you, Dad. Love you, son. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And thank you to our church. Thank you to all of you who've been with us and believe in this dream. It's going to be great. 20 years. Let's go. Y'all welcome. 
Glory Pastor to God. Keith and Sheila. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Great thank you things so much. he has done. Yes. And thank you that you're all here on our 20th anniversary, that you made it along you made the journey. It. You made it. You, you can seated. be seated. So, um, so man, wow. You have more hair now, I have less. <laughs> but <laughs> you can fix yours like I yeah. fix mine. It's called a hair transplant. Someday they will see, I'm sure. And it, wor it works and it stays. That's beautiful. Thank you. We celebrate miracles of all kinds here. We do. Um, By the way, that was a gift from a guy I was speaking corporately and he was um, uh, uh, the author of a best-selling book called Rule Number One based on Warren Buffett's uh, financial strategies and we were traveling and I was doing these big events and he says hey uh, hey I want to do something for you I said okay he goes uh, I want you to go see my doctor I said well okay he said my hair doctor he goes you're you're speaking in front of thousands and thousands of people and you don't want to cause a blind spot by your so he paid for me to have a hair transplant and, and that's uh, what we want to talk about today that's what i wanted to share today <laughs> because it's all about transformation yes transformation body transformation hairline transformation. but anyway i don't have any problems saying that a lot of people are embarrassed about that i'm not I, I i love bald i think it's great people look great bald if i was look like michael jordan i'd be bald but i don't i need hair so i had a hair transplant <laughs> so anyway that's how real we are here at our church yes so um, what have you had done? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nothing. Of, of nothing. She's perfect, of course. So, you did um, have your toes fixed because you had that one toe. Fixed. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. So, That's a joke. Um, <laughs> so, so I think so. I wanted to I wanted to sit and talk with you guys because I want to I want to take some intentional time as we start this year as we go into 20 years and just talk about y'all's heart and and it's not just the heart for the past you know one of the, one of the things you said last service when you looked at that video of all those people you're like man all those people are so old in that video um, we got a lot of young people too um, well they were young at one they were time. young yes they had young kids and they were young when we started. <laughs> Like, I love when people say it's not your mama's church. All y'all are like 60. Now so it is your mama's it's church. It's your grandmama's church. It's your dad's church, too. We're the dad and the mom. Welcome. Thank you. It's a different, it's a different kind of church. Yes. All right. So uh, Glory. So I want to talk about not just the past, but I, but I, want, to, I want to bring, you know, this with, with the time we have left today, I want to bring some, some I want to bring your heart into the future okay. of, of what you see. And I think one of the things that, you y'all you have done from the very beginning that um was rare when we started was to talk about church as 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 if the church is a family and that's something that people hear a lot now in maybe church culture but in in the year 2000 people weren't talking about churches like they were families and that's something y'all have always talked about and um you know where do you feel like that that came from that resonated with your heart yeah she i'll, to I'll, have, I'll defer to you and then family. i'll say something yeah i think um one of the things is Pastor Keith, and if you've been around here for very long, he's very intentional, and he does not lack in vision, 
and he's always been that way from the time that we first started dating when we were 15 years old. You've heard, many of you have heard the story, how he cast vision for our relationship, sat down with me before he even asked me to go steady with him, had this whole vision statement and triangle and exactly where we were headed, where we were going, and I just wanted to have fun. It was like, wow, this is like way over my head. We're 15 and 16 years old, but hey, it sounded great. I'm going with just it. Just like some people just come to church because they check the box, but they come here and it's like, hey, there's actually a plan for your life. Let's find out what it is and let's Absolutely. grow there before you go there. Yes, there's more. And so uh, anyway, so then as we established a family, he had vision for our family. He was very intentional about our mission statement and our core values. And we always said, whatever we do, we do together. So we were traveling on the road 40 weeks out of the year. Our kids were little. I was homeschooling our kids. Sometimes I would put them in school. Some years we would go back on the road. So we were kind of go in and out of that. We wanted always for our children to be involved with us in ministry. So actually from the time they were little, Pastor Keith wrote songs for them and uh, they start, They had an album that they put together and they were called Two Sisters and a Bro. And so it's on Spotify. Bring it back. And on it's iTunes, on iTunes. So you can listen to it. Go listen to and it. And so they were little and so they would stand on a stage and we hired a girl to come in and they could do these dance moves to their songs. And you should so have seen Josh him, dance, man. He was awesome. We wanted and rap. To be, yeah, that's right. And so we wanted to be a part of everything that we did because whatever we do, we do together. And so the, we wanted them to see that being a part of ministry, they could be young and be a part of what we did. And so we, we lived our lives, we were in churches. And, um, and so when we established the church, we didn't want it to be different for us when we started the church. We still wanted our children involved with us. So I was in the kids area. I was the children's pastor at that time. So I involved my children in the children's ministry. They helped me, whether it's with the kids and passing out stuff or organizing them and getting them in line or whatever those things were because they were helping. They were a part of the ministry and doing what we did. And so as we established our servant leadership culture, because that was Pastor Key's heart for not only our family to do life together and to do ministry together, but for your families to do ministry and life together. And so he had a vision for, hey, you guys come along, bring your family, serve together. So today, it blesses our hearts so much when we go in the children's area or we see out in the parking lot where there's whole families that are serving together, advancing the kingdom to say, you know what, I can come into this place and even if I don't have children or my children are grown, I've got a bigger family here, a family of choice and uh, and sometimes people have even maybe criticized that because they're like I have a great family and we have a great family and it's a family of origin we call it but we've got a bigger family we don't want to just stay in our little families we want to make a big impact so when we're doing life and kingdom together it's about our bigger family our family of choice and it's you guys that we get to choose to do to grow and to go through life together and it's us all doing it together so the more engaged you are and all of us advancing god's kingdom together the more that we can see a greater impact that we can make in our community and beyond mm. yeah so uh, can i say something sir okay so uh, I want to just really talk to you from my heart for a minute. Um, I was given the gift of perspective. And really we all are. 
And the gift of perspective is you're born into this family of origin and you get to see how your mom and dad are and how they're not. It's a gift. It's not meant to be something that hurts you because of the way they are or aren't. It's not meant to be something that messes you up for life because your dad didn't tell you he loved you or he was never there. You're given the gift of perspective. So it's based on the purpose and plan of your life. And so whether you were in a family that you were adopted into or you were born into that family, it is a gift of perspective. And very early through the wisdom of God, God showed me this. My mother used to pray, God, give Keith wisdom. We would spend sometimes hours in prayer. I didn't even know what was going on because we would go out in the spirit. I'd wake up on the floor praying in the spirit. And the gift of perspective, this is how it works. The family that you were born into, your birth order is a gift of perspective. I was a middle child. The gift of perspective for me is I had an older brother and I was able to look at my older brother and say, that was smart, that was stupid. I wanna be like that, I don't wanna be like that. It was a gift of perspective. I had a younger sister that made me glad I wasn't a girl. It was the gift of perspective. I had the gift of perspective that if I could make these family relationships work, that I had no personal decision about whether or not I was born into that family. I had no personal decision about who my brother was or who my sister was. I had no personal decision about who my parents were, but God in his sovereignty decided that. So the gift of perspective for me very early, Josh, was to learn from my family. It was to learn how to be, it was learn how not to be. It was to learn how to work through my issues. It was to learn how to work through conflict and to make that decision to do that. And that was one perspective. And so I, if you came from a great family, I just wanna clap for you and think how wonderful that is. And if every memory that you have is wonderful and it was your heaven on earth, you're very rare because most families have a lot of dysfunction. Most families have a lot of, of, of messed up things. Why? Because families are messy. Let me rewind. Families are messy. And they're not messy to mess you up. They're messy through the gift of God giving you perspective to learn and grow from yourself. So when I, when I decided, when I saw Sheila when I was 15, because I had this gift, it was a gift of perspective. And because God had given me wisdom, because my mother taught me to pray for that. When I saw her, I knew I wanted to be with her. We were 15 when I initially met her. When I laid out the plan by the time we were 16 on January 20th, 1976, and I drew the triangle, I said, this is you, this is me, this is God. I knew I wasn't gonna date a girl that didn't believe in God and that didn't love God. So it was very easy. And so then I drew a line, many of you know this story, from her name to God and from my name to God. And I said, if, and I talked to her, I said, if, if, will you be my girlfriend? But before you answer that, I said, here's my perspective. 
based on 15 years of life. (laughs) And by the way, it's never too early to learn and to have a perspective from God. And I said, here's how I believe this can work based on my perspective. And so I said, if you'll be your best for God and you won't make it about us and I'll be my best for God, we'll meet at the top. And then I drew an arrow to both of our names with a, you know, what is it on the end really just an arrow sign, but a line with an arrow sign on each end between our names. I said, I believe if we'll get this right, that God will make whatever we decide to do work better. What do you think about that? And she said, I really like that, you know? And so that's where it started. You know, the, the perspective was, this is the kind of relationship that I want. I wasn't in love with her, but I saw something in her because of my perspective. She, had a, she carried the same kind of spirit that my mamaw did, a very sweet spirit that I knew that I needed. And so she didn't know that. And I'm not, that's not a negative at all. It's just, I knew that. So in the course of our dating relationship, eight and a half years, she broke up with me six different times. It was like, I'm going, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, this is the plan. Like, this is gonna really be good, I promise. Like, it's gonna, and so she would come back and go, okay, but how do I know you're the only guy I've ever really dated? I said, I'm all you'll, you'll need, trust me. I mean, I, so it was my perspective. So then we get married and, um, and you know, nobody, most, most of us, when we grow up, we're not taught conflict resolution. We're just taught what it's like to be corrected when we do something wrong. So with her, even in our dating relationship, I said before she said she'd be my girlfriend, I said, listen, here's what I believe based on my perspective. God gives you a 24 hour period to deal with your anger. We're gonna get mad at each other. She's 16, I'm 15. I said, if we decide to be in relationship, we're gonna- You're older than me. Yeah, I was much older, a whole three months. And uh, I'm January 9th, she's March 9th. And so, so I said, we've got to decide how we're going to deal with conflict. Like she's just a girl, like with this guy, I'm laying out the plan before we even start dating. She's just thinking, I just want to have fun. But I'm like, I'm not even going to go here if we don't, we don't have some understanding of how it can work. And so I said, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down in your anger and give your enemy a foothold. I said, so would you, if you're going to be my girlfriend, would you commit to me? because I'm gonna to commit to you that if we're gonna be in relationship, that we resolve our anger within a 24 hour period. Which I think this whole thing, okay, is ridiculous. Because I, know. Uh, I, I asked my dad one time, I said, like, where did you, oh. Miss it, Chuck. Two. <laughs> that was distracting. Where did, like, where did, did, who taught you how to do all this? Who taught you all this stuff, right? I just this told you, I son. when I was a kid. The, the wisdom, the people, like, it, it's hard for people to understand, yeah. just like it's hard for them to understand the thought behind this church. Yeah, so. Because, so, okay, just a second. No, let me. So what happened, here, so me, my mother, gonna, my mother prayed for me that I would have wisdom and God gave me yeah. a gift of wisdom. And something that I think that, like you've, y'all wanted when we started this thing was to help people take that journey for absolutely themselves. because like without y'all like i wouldn't have i wouldn't have that i didn't i never i'm sorry you know i i started dating courtney uh when when i was in my 
early 20s and we never had that conversation. I know. <laughs> well, so, let, me, so let, think, me, let me finish though. But I think so. God doing that in your life yeah. and, and y'all wanting to build a culture where yes. there could be relationships, where, where we're learning conflict resolution. It's not just like, oh, let's learn a bunch of Bible. Yeah. It's we're gonna, learn the, we're gonna learn the word, but then also there's the spirit of wisdom. There's, there's God that gives us wisdom. And that also should, that should actually change how we're living life every day. It should. And that, and that was the thing early. And this what this why I want to put my hand on my heart and I want to share my heart with you because some of you don't know the story. Uh, this is not about how great I am or how great we are. It's about a thought process based on two things, the wisdom of God and the gift of perspective. And you can have both of those too. And you just have to ask God who gives liberally to all who ask. That's what Jesus' brother James said who wrote it. If you lack wisdom, ask God. I still lack wisdom. I ask God for wisdom. So that's how we started our relationship. I said, I said, and if you say yes, I'm gonna honor you on the 20th of every month. Most people know this story. This month, that's 529 months on the 20th that I've celebrated her very intentionally. Why is that? Because I want honor in our marriage. I want honor in our life. And so conflict resolution, honor, excellence, deciding to be your best for God so that whatever you decide to do, whatever you decide to do, let me say that again, whatever you decide to do, it works because you're honoring God in the process. You're striving to be your best for God, having a spirit of excellence, and you're working out conflict that could sidetrack all of that. So again, we started our relationship that way. Then we, then we got married. Then we started a family. And by the time you guys were 12, we started this church. And let me tell you why I started the church. When Mike asked me, and I said on the video when I was 37, he said, do you think you'll ever pastor a church? I said, I'm not sure. I don't think I'm that size foot that can fit in that shoe. And let me tell you why. And I say this again from my heart with all due respect. I was given the gift of perspective. I traveled 40 plus weeks a year for almost 10 years of my life in the greatest churches in America. Traveling, being on TBN and every kind of charisma magazine and being exposed to the inner workings of the church world, the gift of perspective. So when my friend Mike Hayes said, do you think you'll ever pastor? I said, I'll answer that question when I'm 40 because first of all, I didn't think I was mature enough to pastor, but I needed more time if I was ever gonna pastor to try to figure out what kind of church I would wanna have, just like what kind of family I would wanna have because it wasn't about a church for me or establishing a church. It was about extending our family of origin to a family of choice and having a tribe in the earth that bought into this and believed in it. And so when I told him, I said, I'm going to wait until I'm 40 to answer that question. But here was the gift of perspective. I would go into churches and I would see great men of God. And again, I say it with all due respect. They were one way on stage and many of them were not that way off stage. Their marriage wasn't good. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Their marriage wasn't good. Their kids were not following them. Many of them, their kids weren't even serving God. And so here was the gift of perspective. Do I wanna be a pastor of a church? 
It doesn't look like it goes well for your marriage and it doesn't look like your family's gonna be very strong. And for me, my, my passion was, God, I, wanna, I don't just wanna have a marriage, I wanna have a marriage that glorifies you. I don't wanna just have kids, I wanna have kids who honor you and serve you and, and what's in their heart is to advance your cause in the earth. Otherwise, why have kids? Why have kids? We don't have kids so they grow up and become adults. We have kids because God has called us, he's blessed us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion and actually reproduce the good qualities that are in our lives, in our lives and in our marriage. So that watch this, with each generation, the world gets better and better, not worse and worse. So, so in my, just to answer your question, the very, long answer is this whole deal with family of choice, even my own family of origin didn't understand it. Some of the people that were closest to us didn't understand it. What do you mean when you say family of choice? And so I began to have to teach that and explain that. Like family of choice is not your blood. Family of choice is family you decide to go and grow through life with because they value the same things that you value. That's what family of choice is. So there's no conflict of interest. There's no conflict between family of origin and family of choice. When I was 50 years old at my 50th birthday, you said to me, you said, dad, I didn't have any choice that you were my dad. And you were crying and you said, but I choose you as my father of choice. And that's the kind of church that I I believe. So when I was 40 years of age, the reason I started a church was because I started to believe you were 12, Keila was 11, Whitney was 10, and what, Keila? You, who was nine? Whitney was nine, thank you for correcting me and helping me be better. So I, I had already started to believe that, hey, I saw in our family what could be in a larger family. We were living our core values. Honor, positive attitude, excellence, leadership, generosity. You guys were buying in as my children. Our family mission statement is on your wrist tattooed for the people that don't know what what is our family mission statement that was established when you guys were that age. Never allow good to be the robber of the best. Our family mission statement was, let's never allow the good to be robber of the best. I don't even like tattoos. He's made me like tattoos because he put our family mission statement on his body. Now I like tattoos. Huh? Keila had him first. Yeah. <laughs> but she, did, she didn't have her family mission statement on her. But anyway, that's okay. I still, I didn't like him until you put it on your body. So, so, so I think this, you know, one of the greatest things in, in our church, and if you're new, it's important that you hear this. But hang on, Josh. Wait, wait yeah. a second. You will hear it in a second. But listen, I just want everybody to understand. I didn't have a dream of starting a church. I had a dream of advancing God's kingdom with a tribe of people who would come together valuing the same things that if we transformed on the inside, we could change anything on the outside. That's the dream. And um, you know, so many people go through life and they don't have people, they don't have their people, they don't have relationships. A lot of us, you know, we feel lonely. Self-esteem is the greatest issue that faces us as, as human beings. So from the very beginning, our heart has been to 
be, be in relationship with each other and create a place where people can, can be family of, of choice. And the greatest thing that God will use in our life is not another message, not more worship, you know, not, not, even, not even the Bible itself. What God will use to change our life is relationships and he will use people and he, he uses all of that mixed in with people. But here's what come with, comes with that. And this is my second thing and that I want y'all to talk about and then, and then you know, I want y'all to pray for everybody and then we'll be done. Is what comes with uh, choosing to be family is in a positive sense, what, what I would call authenticity. In a negative sense, what I would call a whole lot of conflict. Like I chose to be married and today I also chose to get in a fight with my wife before church. And um, it was an authentic fight. It was like a real fight. It was yeah. fantastic. And, um, and I want to be family with her. I'm not going to leave her or whatever. I want to be family with her. We've chosen to do family together. And the authenticity of that creates conflict a lot. And so another thing I think that's always been prevalent in our church is uh, y'all just are who you are. You know, and you put yourself out there yep. and you've been very authentic and, and been very real. And there's there's all of us in this church. We're human beings. And there's all that means the authenticity piece means, yeah, I'm going to be the real me. But also uh, many times a whole lot of my imperfection is going to be on display. Absolutely. And um, but I think that's that's also in and of itself transformative and it builds intimacy. I mean, I think even in our own family, in in my relationship with you, as my dad, like, I don't know a version of you. I feel like I know you for who you are. And um, in many ways, that's wonderful. And in other ways, it creates things for me to have to get over. And, uh, uh, but even in this church, like we have all kinds of people that have all kinds of relationships. There's all kinds of teams. There's thousands of people that serve. And so there's thousands of stories and there's thousands of uh, ver versions of, of, of imperfection. And, um, and so talk a little bit about just the authenticity of not only who y'all are, but the authenticity that's been prevalent within our church where, like you said, we're not just building some, some thing called the church. It's like we're building a family. And what comes with that is conflict and talking through things and learning how to resolve conflict with people and not walk away because most people, yeah. not just in marriages, but most people in relationships walk away. Well, let's remember a couple of things, Josh, first of all, that most of us are not taught conflict resolution. Let me say it again. Conflict, not being able to resolve conflict in your life, whether it's personally within yourself, that's where most people's conflict starts, through their own insecurities and immaturities. So any conflict that you have is not because of what they did, but it's because of your perspective and how it's affected you. So until I can deal with that inner conflict, I have no hope for resolving conflict with other people. So again, perspective is this. Every person that's, that's behind bars because they really committed a crime, because we all know there's people that aren't, are people who could not resolve conflict. All of them. In other words, they're behind bars. They're told when to go to bed. They're told what to eat. They're told what to wear. And it all boils down to one thing. They cannot resolve conflict, so now they have to live behind bars. Because they were not able to resolve conflict, there was no honor in their life. And so either they took somebody's life, they stole from somebody, they weren't resolving the conflict. And the conflict, this is a worst case scenario, directed them to live in a prison 
where now they're told exactly everything, which is one of the reasons that they rebelled in the first place because they didn't want to be telling them anything. And so I want you to understand something. In my own thought process, there might be a better church to go to, but in my opinion, as the spiritual father of this family, there's not a better family to be in than this family. And the reason I say that is not because I'm a big deal, but because I'm opening my heart to you to tell you great marriages don't just happen. Great families don't just happen. You are going to have conflict. Do you know that if all the people in the last 20 years were in our church and they didn't leave and they didn't move on somewhere else and all that, for whatever reason, we'd have about 100,000 people in our church. But for whatever reason, and Josh, I credit Josh with this. He's, he's, when he was 14 years old and I had a, a guy that I had led to the Lord when he was in high school, none of his family were Christians. He not only got saved, but got transformed, went to Bible school, became a pastor, got married, had a family, then decided to go into business, was making almost seven figures a year. And he moves back to this area after 18 years. And he said, I'm so glad to be back. Man, you're my spiritual father. And now you've built a church that I can be a part of. I want to be here for the rest of my life. This is one of thousands of stories I could tell you. A guy that I personally led to the Lord. Four months later, he said, Pastor Keith, it's just not working for me. Like, I don't, I don't feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. He said, I don't even really believe in tithing. We were driving in the car one day and I was just, my heart was broken over that. I loved this kid in high school and now I loved him. I mean, I led him to the Lord. He, 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 he'd gone to Bible school. He had, he had gotten married, wouldn't have married his wife if he hadn't gone to Bible school. He had, he'd had children, was raising, but it wasn't a fit for him but it still hurt me. So Josh goes, we're driving along and Josh says, dad, what's wrong? He's 14. And I thought I've never really shared stuff with him, but maybe today I'll just share my heart. He goes, tell me, I go, okay, son. So I tell him the story about this guy. And after I get through telling him about 60 seconds pass and out of his mouth at 14, he said, dad, you know, some friends are for a reason. Some are for a season and some are for a lifetime. You just need to let that go. I started crying. I go, Josh, God just spoke to you. Just spoke through you to me. That's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Long story short, listen to this. I know our family isn't for everybody. I know our church isn't for everybody. I know living in Texas isn't for everybody. But I'm a Texan. I love Texas and I love this part of Texas. I love the whole world. I love, I've traveled all over the world, but I'm a Texan. I'm, I'm married to Sheila. And although she's felt like leaving several times, <laughs> like Zig Ziglar, I've said to her, if you leave, I'm going with you. So you're not gonna wanna do that. My kids have all made a decision that we're in this together. Now, let me just tell you something. This is the dream for me, that at some point in the lives of people, 
they would find this place and realize this is not just a church. This is a family. It's not about the craft family. And, I, and this is the part of me that I wanna be. Very vulnerable. When I stand up and I talk to you guys about our family, when I talk about our marriage, when I talk about our kids, it's been a fight to have a good marriage. We still fight to have a good marriage. It's been a fight, these two right here. I mean, just to get them to like each other, to get them in the same room, to navigate for years. Look, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. Finally, in one of our family meetings recently, Whitney, our last born after Josh and Keela were going at it, Pastor Josh and Pastor Keela, by the way, Whitney raises her hand, just like she always has since she's a little girl. And she said, can I say something? And she stood up and she resolved the conflict in about three minutes. Sheila and I were standing there and what did we, or sitting there, what did we do? We, we went like this. And gave her a oh stand. my goodness, <laughs> oh my goodness, Jesus. Oh, so because here's what happened. All of a sudden it wasn't us having to say it anymore. We heard what we taught our children come out of her mouth. And, and that doesn't mean this makes it, listen, that doesn't mean it makes it easier. So here's what I'm telling you. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. This is not the perfect church. You can find other churches. You can go, you can live your life, but I'm telling you in this house, we're gonna have a strong marriage because we're gonna fight for it. We're gonna have a strong family because we're gonna fight for it. And when I, when I talk to you, listen, when I talk to you about money, listen, just go ahead and stay standing because we're about to be dismissed. But when I talk to you about money, really hear my heart. When I talk to you about accomplishing things, when I talk to you about there's the mountain, let's take it. You can see it as ego. You can see it as arrogant. You can see it as me bragging on myself or you can understand. I grew up like some of you without an example. I had a dad, but he did not love God. I had a dad and he was not about the kingdom. And I had a dad and he was stingy. And I'm not saying that to be dishonorable. When he was 67, I had the privilege of leading him to Christ. But I didn't grow up with a dad that said, Keith, this is how you do it. Walk this way. This is how you live your life. So the kind of dad I wanna be is not a perfect dad, I can't do that. But what I can be when I'm talking to you, sometimes I'm not being a pastor, I'm being a dad. I'm trying to teach you about money. I'm trying to teach you about relationships. I'm trying to teach you about leadership because that's the gift that God's given me. And listen, when I tell you, listen, when, I, when, it, when it slips out that I was a millionaire before I started this church, I'm not bragging on you. I'm telling you, I know a little bit about money. And if you'll listen to what I'm telling you, you can learn more about money. Not because I know more than you, but because God God's gifted me with that. So my heart is, I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to, I don't want to be egotistical. I don't want to come across like we're perfect. I just want to try to be a dad that's actually leading the way that says, look, I'm not perfect, but hey, there's the mountain. Let's go. Here's the triangle. Let's have a good relationship. Here's how I've done my family and it's actually worked. 
Most of us, listen, we're looking for what works. This is a family. Listen, God's given us a key, not just me now, but he's given us a key on how to have great marriages, how to have great families. And it doesn't matter if you're on your first marriage or your second or your third marriage. Let me help you with your fourth one. Listen, let me help you climb the mountain. Let me help you. Let us help you as a family to win. I want to win. I don't know if you do, but that's the kind of family I want to be in. No losers. Let's win. That's my heart. So that's why I lead the way I lead. That's why I put it out there, Josh, because maybe there'll be a Steve Weatherford who as an 11 year old boy will hear what I say, make his decision for God, go on to play 10 years in the NFL, win a Super Bowl, and then 25 years later be sitting in San Diego with his 11 year old son who hears the same message and gives his life to Christ. Maybe this works, maybe it works, maybe. Maybe there's a few more Gary and Uncle Bags that buy into this thing, that become a Navy SEAL, that say, you know what, I'm gonna take what I've been raised in and I'm gonna serve our country that way. It's not just about being an NFL Super Bowl winner or a, or a Navy SEAL, but they're in the room. It's not about your life looking like my life, but your life can be better. Listen, I'm not just up here to get a paycheck. I don't need a paycheck. I'm up here because God wants me to be a father. He wants me to be a father voice to you. And some of you have never had a father voice. You've never had somebody that had the authority. And God has given me authority to speak some things over your life. And when I say this is the year of transition or or, or transformation, that this is the year of double, double, in the name of Jesus, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So Josh, God decided that it wasn't over 59 for me. So I've got to believe, I've got to believe that he still wants to build a tribe that can change the course of history. And I still have a dream that God's called us to do that. I love you. I said, I love you. Thank you. So, yeah, I think we we all pray for us. Yes. As we, you know, as we as the church, this is so much bigger than it was 20 years ago with 10 couples and 100 people. And <sighs> so we all pray for us as we, that we would carry this legacy and that we would be that kind of church. Listen, hear me. I don't, we don't have it all figured out. Families are messy. Some of y'all in here are a freaking mess. (laughs) But you're here. And that means you have a chance to turn your mess into a message. Some of you are here and you're hurting even while we're talking. You've been given the gift of perspective. I never thought when Keela's first husband who grew up in this church as a little boy 
walked out on her with a, a girl that had been in our church and gone through our leadership institute. I never thought that would happen in our family. Divorce in our family? Even to the last time when he came to Kila and said, it's over. She said, I just want us to get together one more time. And I want you to read your vows to me again and then take them back and I'll release you. Talk about conflict resolution. And they met and he said all of his vows to her that he said, he took them back. Then he laid his head on her chest and she prayed for him. And then he left. I never thought the gift of perspective would be that God would bring us coal. Coal has become another son to me because of how he loves and how he honors. And I go, God, it was like the darkest time of our life in our church. About a thousand people left our church over that because it started this negativity and everybody that ever left jumped on the train. You have no idea the price to stand up here and you don't have to. But when God brought call, I thought the gift of perspective, wow. Yes, woo! I love you. And now y'all are gonna have me a baby? A baby boy. Did Gustavo prophesy that you would have the first boy? He did say you were gonna have a boy. So the, Gustavo, when Gustavo was here, he said, you're gonna have a boy and you're having a boy. This is a prophetic house. This is an apostolic house. This is a house where transformation really does happen. I hope y'all are ready for 2020 because Double Double is coming your way. Come on, Double Double. Craig, you ready? I know it's a lot of work right now and you and Michelle, I just wanna say something to you. There's a lot of work that's going on. I don't even know all what's going on, but you guys are having to do this, navigate stuff. Let me tell you why. It's because God is gonna bring double, double in your life. You're gonna see it. So whatever the price is right now, pay the price, do what you gotta do. Know that I'm here, I am the spiritual father. I'm speaking blessing over your life. And what seems like is a very difficult, maybe time of struggle for you, God's gonna bust stuff wide open like never before. That's for y'all, but that's for everybody. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.